What up, what up, what up, everyone? This is the Dr. Football Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Dennis Tian. I am a real doctor, but we are not talking medicine tonight. We are talking sports. As always, I am joined by my co-host, the man, the myth, the legend, the CEO of Hedge Better, Justin Fine. Justin, my man, how are you tonight? I am doing well. I got no complaints. Busy week, but... I'm off to uh, Costa Rica for a week. We got the Super Bowl on the horizon. Lots of football to talk about. So, yeah, no complaints. Life's good. February weekends without football are just the absolute pits of the calendar. Literally the worst part of the 12-month year. So, like, this is a great weekend, great week to get the heck out of like the Boston area and go somewhere warm, go somewhere sunny. So that is an awesome time to go away. Yeah, no, for sure. I'm, uh, I'm pumped. I think like, especially to go away somewhere warm, right? Like that's, that's really what I'm looking forward to most. And I heard too, like on Saturday, like we fly out early Saturday morning. I heard like the cold front of all cold fronts is settling in sometime Saturday. So it looks like we're getting out of Dodge right in time. Well, it's, it's actually Thursday. It's actually Friday afternoon that it's coming, and then it's going to be gone by like Saturday evening. It's going to get mild again huh, next week. Okay, but we're not talking weather here, Justin. We're talking we're talking football, and the 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 storylines. There are only a few games left, but the storylines and things to talk about keep keep on churning out. And obviously, we have two games. I don't. I'm not going to call them great games this weekend because. One of them was a good game. One of them was an awful game. We'll get into that. But before we get into the games, before we get into the Super Bowl, before we get into some of the big news around the league, we have to talk about the biggest of the big news, which happened today, which is the retirement, the official real retirement of the GOAT, Tom Brady. And let me just say that I am so relieved that Tom Brady retired for real today. That is really what I felt relief because this whole three year chapter of, of Patriots history where somehow circumstance lined up that Tom Brady finished his career in another city for another franchise. This is a dark chapter in Patriots history, while we are fumbling around with Cam Newton and trying to develop Mac Jones and knocking heads with Matt Patricia and Joe Judge, Tampa Bay Buccaneers made the playoffs each of the last three years. Tom Brady played at MVP level two of those three years. He was still a damn good quarterback this year, clearly in the decline, in my opinion. And I just felt like this whole little window here was 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 just an ugly chapter in Patriots history. And my hope, Justin, is that with time and as time passes from the last three years, and we have a little bit of a recency bias right now in our perspective, but my hope is that as time passes, the memory of Tom Brady in the 20 years he spent in New England and the six Super Bowls he won here will 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 drown out the bad three years at the end here where Brady went to Tampa Bay. That that is my hope because 
I feel like it's been really hard to relish and enjoy the memory of this dynasty and the memories that Tom Brady left us with as fans because of how it ended, what happened after he left, how successful he was elsewhere. I just felt like it makes it really hard to look back on the good old days and appreciate them as long as he was playing for someone else. Well, now that chapter's over. I think we can all move forward. And I think that my hope is that Brady will be remembered mostly as a Patriot and will be able to enjoy and appreciate what was done here the last 20 years. Justin, your thoughts on the ghost retirement today. Yeah. I mean, a lot of things come to mind, right? Um, You know, first and foremost, I think when it comes to Tom Brady's career as a Patriot, right? I think we, we have two different, I guess you could say vantage points because, you know, you knew the Patriots as a, a beaten and, and tattered organization that, you know, was, was desperate um, and, and had failed so many times. And well, I barely know them as that though, to be honest with you, because the Bledsoe years were pretty good. Actually, You know what I mean? Like I really, I, I hopped on board really, I'd say two or three years before they drafted Bledsoe. And those were dark years. You're talking like bottom of the league, but, but you know, the Bledsoe years were good years. So like, so like I, I mean, it's been 30 years since the Patriots have been in this spot, but go on. Well, I mean, still, I, the, the point being, I think, is that you remember a time when the Patriots were not on top of the world, right? And I think for me, I kind of, in you know, a lot of kids in my generation, um, we came into the Patriots starting with that, that first Super Bowl and that emergence of Tom Brady, right? I, I still distinctly remember, you know, being at your, at your parents' house, watching that with the, with the entire family, right, and how big of a deal that was. And I think that definitely catapulted, um, you know, my my kind of interest in the Patriots and, and my passion as a Patriots fan, right? Is it, you know, seeing all you guys um, and all that stuff. But anyway, you know, what Tom Brady, I think, did for New England and, you know, the Patriots is obviously, you know, never going to be uh, recreated, I don't think. Um, you know, it, it was so easy to to be bitter the last few years and, and potentially root against him and think of him as a competitor and, you know, all that. But again, at the end of the day, you really do got to look back at, uh, the career that he had in New England and just be thankful because we really did written, witness probably the most impressive run in in the history of the NFL and one of the most impressive runs in the history of all of sports. Um, I think he is the GOAT, right? I don't think it's a question. I think it's hands down. Um, you know, we can always talk about, you know, what, what we saw out of Tom Brady in, in Tampa for those three years. You know, I'm sure we would have loved to see in New England. Um and, you know, it's a shame that we didn't. It's a shame he didn't go out as a New England Patriots, right? And a nice two-year deal with third-year option would have been great three years ago, see him right off into the sunset. Um, obviously, it didn't happen that way. But, you know, I got to say, am I the only one who's not 100% convinced that this is, like, for good, for good? Like, I know he said it's for good, but, like, you mean to tell me that, like, the 49ers come knocking – in like training camp next year and they need a quarterback. You don't tell me, you you don't think he's going to go back home and and join one of the most stacked rosters in in, in football. Yeah, I don't. And I'm going to tell you why. And I, I think if he wanted to do that, he he would have that opportunity right now in the off season. But I think you have to look at it like he's 45 years old. He was clearly in the decline this year. 
he was not the same quarterback. A Tom Brady team would never be sub 500. I don't care who is out there with him uh, at any other point in his career, except for this year, because he was in the decline. And does Tom Brady want to pick up and move to a whole new system and a whole new franchise and a whole new organization, regardless of how talented or stacked they are at this point, only to, we all assume it's going to work so well because Tampa Bay works so well. There's no guarantee that it would work. Um, You know, maybe it's not a good fit. Maybe things don't go well. Maybe it's another eight and nine or nine and eight season for Tampa Bay. Maybe Brady, you know, is in the decline even further next year. And I think that the possibility of the, the prospect of, of going to another franchise and starting new at 46 years old, I think that would be insane. I really do. When the reporting out today was that it was either Tampa Bay or retirement for Brady, I believe that. I really do. Because why would Tom Brady want to go for one year and pick up in a new city, learn a new system, new players? I don't think it would make any sense. Well, you know him. what? But look, here's here's kind of what not, what isn't making sense to me, right? Like Tom Brady was asked this. This made headlines. I got this as a push notification on my phone. You know, like two months ago, um, that Tom Brady came out and made a public statement when asked by reporters. Um, it, you know, I I don't want to misquote him, but it was essentially to the effect of that he planned on coming back for next year. He wanted to play football next year. Um, he was not retiring. All the hype has kind of been, you know, over the last couple weeks, um, you know, even since he even since he was eliminated, you know, oh, well, now where's Brady going to go next year? Where's Brady going to go next year? Like, and now all of a sudden he's coming out and he's like, oh, I'm retiring again. I just, it doesn't make sense given what he said a few weeks ago. It doesn't make sense that he was willing to, to lose his family, right? And I, you know, I, I don't want to, losing his family sounds harsh, but for all intents and purposes, like it, it did break up his family, right? He, him and Giselle wound up getting divorced. Because, and the main issue was supposedly the fact that he didn't want to retire. He wouldn't retire and come be a family man. He wanted to keep playing football. And I don't that, believe, I don't believe that. I really don't. Like, I mean, if their marriage was healthy, he works like six months a year. Now, granted, during those six months, he works a lot. I'm sorry. Like if you have a healthy relationship, you're going to find your way around it. I, I really think that I really don't think that, that Brady's, I think that Giselle pressured Brady to retire last year. And I think that's why he did retire when he didn't quite feel a hundred percent ready, but I don't think it, it factors into his decision-making for this year coming up to whether to play again or not. I think that this is more about just the fact about his performance and you look at his performance, like one thing he always said was, I will retire when I, I suck. That was a direct Brady quote. And I don't think he sucks this year, but I think there were his clear signs of decline. He threw the ball well, but not as well. Every now and then, more than usual, he'd sail a ball. He'd put a ball on the ground. He didn't look like he wanted to get hit, okay? It didn't feel like he was willing to hang in there like he had been earlier in his career. Like, Add it all up, and honestly, 
his whole, it, it just, it just, it just, it just added up to, you know, this was a good time for him to get out. And that, and that's what I think he did. Well, look, I, th- I, I do, you know, and we're not a, we're not a gossip or celebrity news podcast, but I do think you hit the nail on the head that, um, if this is the case, then there really must have been more to the, the the breakup than him just wanting to keep playing football, right? Like it it, it that tells me that there was some other uh, some other issue that was going on. There are multiple issues. Who knows? But it, you know, I I think you're hundred percent right. But I mean, look, I don't. You know, does it does it seem like he's retired for good now? I mean, it certainly kind of does, but it just wouldn't shock me. I, 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 I don't know why it just wouldn't shock me. I mean, you know, I think if anything, it tells me that he's definitively does not want to play for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers next year. Like, like if anything, I look at that move and I'm like, okay, he's basically coming out and saying that he's not playing for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers next year. And if the Buccaneers are his only option, then he is going to retire. But from what he said a few weeks ago, from his actions, from everything that kind of seemed like was building up to him playing another year or two, potentially. I just find it very weird that right now he would be out for good. I, I, my gut tells me that he's, he's calling it quits with the Buccaneers and basically opening himself up to the possibility of returning with another team that's ready to plug and play a quarterback and make one run at a Super Bowl. Don't, don't forget too, Justin. Like he said for years, 45. I mean, that was, that was his goal for like the last eight, seven, eight, nine years. I want to play till I'm 45. And that's, and he, he, he accomplished the goal. So I feel like that that's a factor in it too. And I will say this. I don't think Brady's coming back. I am 99% convinced this is for real this time. I, I, I believe Brady is sincere when he says he's retiring. There is always the possibility that he could change his mind down the road. Like, I don't believe that he is doing this with a foot, out the door towards like coming back. If like last year, he clearly, you know, he retired, but you can tell he wasn't committed to it and he came back quickly. I don't think that is a possibility this year. If there is a possibility of him coming back, it's going to be like someone gets hurt and, you know, he's available and he's convinced to do it, but it would have to be for the right system, the right team. And I will say this, I don't think San Francisco would be the right fit because that Kyle Shanahan system, as we learned in Patriots training camp this year, is so different than what Brady and the Patriots have run for a long time that I, I can't see Brady just seriously going all in, you know, the way he historically does on, on such a radical change. The only thing I could see him doing is maybe coming to the Raiders, Tennessee, um, the Patriots, a, a team that uses a system that he's familiar with. I think that's a long shot. But I, but, but I, but, but maybe who knows, you know, but, but I think he's, I think this is real this time. Yeah. I mean, it very well. How many times did, uh, did Brett Favre retire and unretire? Was it like three, three or four? Two. Or five. Yeah. That, that's, that's, yeah. He, he retired and retired several times. Yeah. I mean, you know, I look, I, would it shock me if he was truly retired? No. Would I be shocked? if the rumors started buzzing in the summer or whatever about him coming back somewhere, uh, no, but you know, we'll see. Time will tell. I mean, I don't know. Personally, I feel like he, uh, I don't know. I, I, I just, I don't know. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm too much of like a, a storybook ending guy. 
and I just really want to see him like go on top, go out on top. You know what I mean? Not be physically capable of that anymore. You, True. I mean, he was the same player. So I just feel like the odds of that storybook ending happening are going to go down every year at this point because he is not as good as he was even two or three years ago. Like he's hit that inflection point where he's now clearly in the decline as a quarterback. Like he, he his his storybook ending was after his first year in Tampa. He could have rode off in the sunset and 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 had it. Last year was close to a storybook ending. He didn't win, but he availed himself in glory in that um, divisional playoff game with an amazing comeback that he came up just short in. It was a perfect fitting ending to his career. That was kind of a storybook ending in a different way. He didn't take it. Now he's 8-9. He won a division. That team had no business being in the playoffs. They, they were there because the division was horrible. So, you know, what's going to happen next year? Now you go to San Francisco in a decent division, um, you know, a whole new system. You go to Tennessee, um, uh, you know, with a team that's in the decline with one of the worst lines in the year. You go to the Raiders, a last-place team. It's it just, it's just, you know, I can, I don't think any of that is the right move for him or sounds appealing. So I I think that I think that it was, you know, he, he was probably not going to have success like we're used to seeing Tom Brady have with any of the realistic available options. And, and for that reason, I really think he, he 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 made a very smart choice today and I hope he sticks to it. Now, um we can now this is a big step in something that we have talked about a lot on this podcast, Justin, and that is the legacy war between Bill Belichick and Tom Brady, this sort of tug of war um, between the two of them about whose legacy emerges from this divorce um, better. And I think what we've seen over the last three years is that Brady is the clear winner of the legacy war between Belichick and, and Brady. But now that we know most likely that Brady, what Brady's post Patriots career was and and what these last three years were for him. Now that we have seen that, does that give new context to the Belichick Brady legacy for how does this, how does this affect how we should look upon the divorce of this, of this, of their relationship and the, and the way that we perceive both these legends, frankly. I mean, look, I think Brady definitely held up uh, his end of the bargain after leaving Foxborough, right? Like, not only did he leave and win a Super Bowl, he won it immediately, like year one. Now, granted, that team was stacked. Like, he had a stacked offense, a stacked defense. Um, week they were bit- stacked 7-9, and nine, and they didn't make the playoffs the year before. Right, right. But no, ex- exactly, exactly. And... um so, I mean, like, you know, that he definitely showed that he can come in and have an immediate impact in win championships. And again, the following year, like they were like a play or two away from potentially going back to the Super Bowl and maybe winning another one. Um, you know, even this year, you know, they, it was kind of a, a subpar season, but he found a way to make the playoffs and host a playoff game. Um, so he went three for three in the playoffs, won a Super Bowl. Um, and he still played at a high level. 
I mean, it that you gotta give uh, the past three years uh, the edge to Tom Brady. I mean, it's not even close, right? Belichick has been kind of almost abysmal. I he I believe he's he's sub five hundred since Brady left. Um, no playoff appearances, or I'm sorry, one playoff appearance, but where we got absolutely smoked, no division titles. Um, look, Belichick, I don't, I don't use that. Is there any way Belichick can, can catch up? Like, you know, I know we've talked about other times, but, but is there, how does Bill Belichick catch up? I mean, right now it, it was like, I, I emerged from 2020. I was like, I believe it was Belichick more than Brady. I believe that Belichick system would, would prevail and that this team could almost plug and play. And clearly that was wrong. I mean, we, we've seen three years of mediocrity here and Brady's really three years in Tampa look a lot like his whole career here. Is there any way that Belichick can, can, can it's 90, 10 Brady right now. Is there any way Belichick can salvage a tie or even get a win? from this divorce. Yeah. I mean, look, I don't know how much longer bill plans on sticking around, but I think he's going to have a couple of years in him um, to kind of go out and try to uh, even the score a little bit. I think he's got to win a super bowl. I really do. I don't think it's just enough to bring the Patriots back to the playoffs. I don't think it's just enough to have Mac Jones look like a a serviceable quarterback. Uh, I think he Absolutely has to win us. He does. He he has. I I think number the 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 biggest thing he has to do is win a Super Bowl, and the second biggest thing he has to do is solve the long term quarterback situation. Now I hope that's Mac Jones, and at this point it still looks like it can be Mac Jones. But whether it's Mac Jones or not, Bill Belichick has to leave here with another Super Bowl ring added to the Patriots uh to the Patriots legacy and the next franchise quarterback in place for uh, for this organization. Those are the two things that he has to do to at least tie, if not potentially surpass Brady, in my opinion. You know, I can't help but wonder what Robert Kraft thinks today. Now that we know that Brady had three more years of quarterback play in the NFL, at a, at a really high level, I'd say two of them MVP caliber. And this year he was probably one step below that, but still, you know, top of the league and, and, and certainly a quarterback you can win with. Um, now that we know that, that Brady was able to do that. I wonder what Robert Kraft thinks about the decision they made to push Brady out. Cause that's really what it was. This was a decision to push Brady out. This was a, this was a personnel choice by Bill Belichick that that Brady wasn't wasn't a good quarterback anymore. I mean that's that's really what this was. It was not about money. Brady's financial demands were extremely reasonable. Um it was 100% about about Belichick not wanting Brady to be the quarterback here anymore because he felt like he could do better. And he was clearly wrong about that. Obviously, based on what we saw from the 3 years of Brady, but like I I wonder Oftentimes, what is what does Belichick have to do, and how long does he have to do it for, for 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 Robert Kraft to not regret the choice to push Brady out three years ago? Like you know, three more years. If, if Belichick coach, coaches six years, and he coaches three more years now, say than Brady played, 
but they're eight and nine or nine and eight every year. I don't think Robert Kraft is going to feel very happy about the choice he made in 2020. You know, I think Belichick has to win at least one Super Bowl, at least one Super Bowl, just to even make this a tie again. And the only way that I would say that Kraft will ever feel good about what 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 was done in 2020, pushing Brady out the door, is if Bill Belichick wins multiple Super Bowls and leaves this franchise, as you alluded to, in good shape with a franchise quarterback and capable of being competitive, you know, for a, a couple more years after that. That's it. Because otherwise, this has been a huge dud for the crafts, for the franchise, for the organization. Well, look, I mean, you know, I, I, I think what you just said, you know, we could even separate that um, a little bit further in the sense that, like, you know, Brady could, I mean, Belichick may be able to tie Brady if he goes out and wins the Super Bowl and leaves the organization in a good place. I still don't think, I, I, but I don't think there's anything that he could do to make Robert Kraft think that it wasn't a good, or, or you know, it, it was a good idea to push Tom Brady out in the manner they did. Like, I mean, the 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 future of the Patriots organization did not stem from moving Tom Brady. You know what I mean? It's not like they got like a Russell Wilson type of package for him. It's not like this would be right. a, a a a drastically different roster um, if if Tom Brady stayed or left. Right? It would have been pretty much the same team with Tom Brady. Um, and when you look at the what this team has done over the last three years and what Brady has continued to do, I don't think there's a question that uh, Robert Kraft will forever regret that Tom Brady was not here for these three years. Because especially any future successes, like, because Belichick has not accomplished any of those things that are needed to move him higher up the rankings um, in the last three years, anything he does is kind of like, it's almost like a new chapter. Right, it's like anything he would do would be something that would happen from like this point forward. So, well, well you're on an important point, Justin, and I, I don't think you, we, this has to be mentioned uh, when we talk about this. Is there was absolutely no succession plan at quarterback? It's been three years, and we can say that definitively. On it. Bill Belichick foolishly pushed Pat Brady out the door and did it with nothing in place to replace him, and and Bill Belichick could win the three of the next four Super Bowls, right? He could have, he gets go on an amazing run in the next four years, somehow pull it together. And we'd still be left saying what happened in 2020, 21 and 22. We didn't have to push Brady out the door. Like we could have, the Patriots could have finished Brady's career here, been a competitive conference title playoff caliber team, and maybe more with Tom Brady the last three years and still gone out found the Steve Young to the Joe Montana, found the Aaron Rodgers to the, to the, to the Brett Favre, um, and, and, and had a smooth, seamless transition to the next regime in 2023. Like, whatever they do the next few years, whatever Belichick does, it doesn't, it doesn't obscure the point that, that he was grossly wrong about the Tom Brady choice and really cost this team three years I was just fumbling around, knocking heads, trying to find a quarterback, trying to get better than mediocre because he was in such a damn hurry to push Tom Brady out the door for what reason? 
Yeah, I, I mean, a hundred percent. And it's it's really tough to think that we couldn't have found a way to pull off one more Super Bowl here in Gillette, like you know, with uh, with Tom Brady over these last three years. Like, I think that to me is is kind of is a big thing, right? Like the success that Tom Brady had proved that Tom Brady is the man, right? Like he was a major, if not the majority factor in the success. But like if he played for three more years in New England, it's very conceivable that he could have done the same thing. He could have gotten one more Super Bowl. He could have made the playoffs all three years. You know what? He could have won another division title or two. Like those three things easily could have happened here. So it's like, you know, I it, it stinks because I think that's definitely what we missed out on. What we saw in Tampa Bay is, I think, exactly what we missed out on uh, in New England. And that's three years of high-quality football uh, with a chance to uh, win it all. Uh, Brady Brady's career was a storybook career. I think we say that definitively now. From the, the beginning where the amazing fairy tale ascension, um, right through the whole thing, and, and and let's face it, Patriots fans were robbed of the last three years by Bill Belichick and, and his uh, ridiculous decision to push Brady out the door. And and it's like, you know, I was always a Belichick um, fan. I was always a Patriot wave. I was always a person that I never questioned Belichick like some people did even when Brady was here. But I, I have to say, like, I've obviously – kind of changed the last three years and this is why because i look at the the foolishness of this choice and the foolishness of some of the other choices belichick made and i'm sorry like this has been awful 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 decision making from bill belichick the last few years and 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 i just can't ignore it just because he's bill belichick i really can't so you know i don't know what 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 he would have to do in the next chapter to erase that. But, but I, but I will also say like, you know, we talk about it. Belichick has to win another Super Bowl. Belichick would have to win multiple Super Bowls. Belichick has to leave this franchise in great shape with a franchise quarterback. Those are all huge question marks. Like this team is not exactly knocking on the door of any of those things. Three things, you know, what's the most likely outcome for the next two or three years for this franchise, Justin, it's more mediocrity. Yeah. Unless something really changes, right? This team is on the track to mediocrity. Now, maybe that will change this year. Bill O'Brien will salvage Mac Jones. He'll take steps in his career. They're like three steps short of being a kind of team where, I mean, I don't think they're that far away. I said that last time and I'll stick by that, but, but, but they're not, it's not a guarantee as I guess my point that they're even going to be the kind of team that could win a Super Bowl. They're going to have to do a lot of things right this off season to ascend to that level. And it's not a guarantee. So, so we talk about this, you know, the most likely thing that's going to happen is more eight, and nine and nine and eight and 10 and seven and, and seven and 10. And, and then, and you're left with four or five years of Belichick mediocrity and, and, and you, and you cheated yourself out of three years of Brady. All right, let's move on. Any more thoughts on the Brady retirement, Justin, we're ready to move on to the, the games that were played this weekend. Yeah, let's do it. All right, let's do it. So I think we should start. We'll do a chronological order. Let's start with the Eagles and the Niners game. And I cannot remember a game that had a less favorable ratio, okay, of me being excited and interested in that game and then the actual value and quality of what the game actually was. 
that was a fancy way of saying that I was profoundly disappointed in that game. That was a game that I was super excited for, and it ended up being a complete and total dud of a football game. I truly believe that preseason games in August will be more entertaining than that Eagles-Niners game that we had to endure as a conference championship game. Just awful, awful football, boring football, um, no quarterback for the Niners, tough spot, tough break. Uh, um, We can talk about whether they could have done more or not, but let's just take it on surface value. That game stunk, right? That game was absolutely awful, and I agree. It almost felt too good to be true. Like we thought we were going to see like a clash of of titans um, with all these storylines and narratives and these two red hot teams. You know, great rosters, great defense, tons of studs, and it was so friggin' bad. Look, here's 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 one thing I got to say, and you know, maybe I'm wrong. I could definitely be wrong, but. Everybody talks about how Shanahan's, you know, another whiz kid and how he's this great coach and, you know, he's he's one of the rising stars in the NFL. I personally haven't been sold on him since I watched him fumble away two Super, Super Bowls as a, an OC and then a, as a head coach. Um, but again, I, you know, I, I, I'm willing to give the guy a shot. I, here's what I don't understand. I don't understand how heading into the NFC Championship game, you only have one actual quarterback on the roster to back up your rookie QB and how that one quarterback is whatever his name was, Johnson, something Johnson. I, I, I forget his name. Uh, I, I haven't looked up the list, but I find it hard to believe that there wasn't a better option available and free agents or just sitting, waiting to be signed, than whoever that guy was. Um, and I think it's egregious that he was the only they had one. A better option on their roster. Why? Why? Uh, you're telling me Jimmy G was so damn hurt that he might be able to play if they made the Super Bowl, right. but he he couldn't dress for the conference championship game in case of an emergency. Right. That's insane. Yeah. I no, I I agree, but look, am I wrong in saying that there should have been more than one backup quarterback available? Am I am yes. I am I crazy? No, you're not wrong. You're not wrong, and you're not crazy. I mean, first of all, Josh Johnson was terrible. Like there were backup backs, and then you know there were backup. I mean, Josh Johnson looked like a guy that simply did not belong in the NFL. A lot of times, the backup quarterbacks come in. Look at Chad Henney for Kansas city a few weeks ago and they come in and they, they, they at least can perform reasonably well, especially on a team that's absolutely stacked. Uh, Josh Johnson is horrible. He was horrible. So, um, you know, you as a coach, if you're Kyle Shanahan, you have to have some contingency plan in place and they didn't have one. But, you know, as much as you're pointing the finger at Kyle Shanahan, and I'm not saying you're wrong to do that, I mean, look, this has been the modus operandi for Garoppolo. I've always kind of been a fan of his. I think they won 70-something percent of their games in San Francisco, which, you know, you have to give Jimmy G credit for. 
But there were a lot of questions about his toughness from his time in New England. I don't know if you've ever heard Martellus Bennett's comments um, about Jimmy G, you know, and not being tough. And I, I got to tell you, those came to mind on Sunday because as I'm watching Josh Johnson fumble around, I'm like, you know, Jimmy G couldn't be the emergency quarterback. I mean, come on. Yeah. N- n- I mean, no, a hundred. Hundred percent. I mean, there there were talks that not only could he be ready for the Super Bowl, there were talks he could be ready for the NFC Championship. So, like, to me, it's just absolutely egregious that um, a or that Jimmy G is not prepared to play in some capacity, and b that you only have one backup quarterback um, uh, on the roster. I mean, granted, you know, you could say what's the likelihood of two quarterbacks going down in a game, but there you go. Whatever the chances are, it happens, and it it, it it pretty much set in stone what the outcome of of your season was going to be as soon as it happens. Was it a freak thing? Yeah. But uh, the second I saw Brock Purdy go out of the game, I said, oh, 49ers are in trouble. And the second Josh Johnson went out of the game, I said, oh, my God, this is – this is completely over, and it was uh, it was it was sad to see. Yeah, I I, I didn't, I didn't and necessarily. Boys, and you're running the ball in the second half because uh. you can't literally. You have no one on the roster that can throw the ball. Could 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 the Niners have done more? Okay, pregame, yes, they should have had an emergency quarterback, but couldn't they have done a little more, even with what they had, to 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 at least make a more of a fight to win that game. Yeah, I like. What's the worst? What's the what's the worst thing that can happen? Why? Like, I don't, I don't understand why you don't at least try to throw the ball, right? Like, McCaffrey, like throw the ball a little, right? Like he's an athlete. I don't know. Someone, yeah, even even Debo, have have a couple of people just like tr- try right. a couple of trick plays. Like even maybe even line up in like a wildcat. Like we didn't even see a wildcat formation. It was literally no. just it was literally just a a handoff every time to to Christian McCaffrey or the occasional oh, handoff end around like it, they did nothing to get creative they did nothing to take chances and I'm sorry look it might not have been pretty but when you're down multiple scores in the second half and then into the fourth quarter you need to do something you don't just keep running the ball up the middle even if you don't have a quarterback in there I don't like the way that the 49ers approached that game I don't like the way they handled the cards that they were dealt um and ultimately i mean you know who knows they they could have lost the they could have lost the game even if all the conditions were perfect but uh well they probably would have lost they might have even lost by more i mean you know if they had done what you're saying but at least they would have put up a fight i mean they they played this half that game like it was the hall of fame game and they wanted to get out of there that's really what they i mean they're running the ball up the middle someone on that team has to be able to throw a damn football a little bit right a little bit this, they, they got a ton of athletes on their team. It was um, super, super disappointing game. Does this, does this game, Justin? I mean, Kyle Shanahan gets a lot of praise as a as a head coach uh, for a guy that's, by the way, never won a Super Bowl. Right. And you know, um, I guess I'm wondering what's Kyle Shanahan's position. What's it? What's his place in the NFL hierarchy? Is he? Is he? an elite top level coach and did that game on Sunday knock him down a few notches in your book? It definitely knocked him down a few notches in my book. Um, I don't consider him an elite NFL head coach. I could give you probably five or six guys right off the top of my head. I would take ahead of him. 
um, that are currently coaching right now in the NFL. Um, so, no, I don't think, to answer your question, no, I don't think is elite. And, yes, I do think that knocked him down a few pegs in my book and hopefully everyone else's. Would you trade Belichick for Kyle Shanahan tomorrow if you had the chance? No, no, not a chance. You would stick with Belichick? Oh, I'd 100% stick with Belichick, especially over over Shanahan. Yeah, for sure. I mean, he's a, he's a, he's a, he is a good coach, but it, it, I think it's time to wonder if there's just something lacking there when it comes to winning um, big games. And we've talked about before that some players just don't win, you know, close games, big games. And I think that's true for coaches too. And I think it's very fair to question at this point, if Kyle Shanahan is just the kind of coach that maybe doesn't rise to the, to his best in these tough spots. Um, I think he's one of the better coaches in the league, but I think it's very fair to have questions about him right now. No, extremely fair to have questions about him right now. Um, yeah. I does that say something. If I could just, doesn't it say something about him that he didn't try anything like extreme or crazy? that he just kind of went out like that. Doesn't it say something about his psyche? Am I wrong? I mean, I, I, in the sense that, what, you're saying like he just like gave up? Yeah, like like he 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 didn't really put up much of a fight. There were things he could have done that he didn't do. They may have been crazy things, but but at that point, what do you have to lose? He He fell on his sword. Rather than, you know, kick and scream and claw and punch to the end. That's the way it felt to me. And and I just feel like, does that say something about him, his personality, his psyche that 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 maybe is, you know, hurting him in these big spots? Yeah, I, look, I don't, I don't. It, it it's. I think it's a little tougher. Right with coaches. I mean, obviously, you know, when, when it comes to a player, someone who's directly on the fields, um, you know, either producing or not producing, it's a little easier to say like that they're they're either a winner or not a winner, or like their psyche gets in the way. I mean, for coaches, it's a little bit more difficult. But you know, we're we've seen a pattern now, three times uh, in very big games, where he has came come up short in the coaching and made bad decisions. I mean, let's not forget the, you know, he, he was the offensive coordinator in Atlanta, not the head coach, but let's not forget how egregious some of those calls that he made were that led to that Patriots comeback. Like, he was almost directly responsible for that Patriots comeback with some of those ridiculous, ridiculous uh, plays that that he called, you know, that led to penalties and sacks and fumbles. Um, How about the most egregious? And people talk about Pete Carroll running, uh, passing the ball on the goal line, which I think is a very defensible decision. Um, you know, like it actually, I think Pete Carroll was doing the right thing by passing the ball. Russell Wilson should throw the ball, right? There is no defense for running that deep seven step play action that let Donta Hightower knock him out of field goal range, right? That <laughs> yeah. was a great, to your point, that was an egregious, indefensible call. No one talks about that. 
Nobody nobody talks about that. He, he, everyone wants to talk about how the pa- Tom Brady and the Patriots made a comeback. Well, Kyle Shanahan it, it blew it. He freaking blew it for the Falcons. Um, and then obviously he blew what I believe I have to, would have to double check, but I believe it was at least I, I think it was a was it a ten point lead in the Super Bowl uh, a few years ago to the Chiefs. It was yes. So, ten point lead to the Chiefs. Right. So it's like so it's like he has this history of his team coming up short in big games, and you can trace it directly back to the play calling. So not just not just the performance on the field, which you'd have to think lies more so in the players and their psyches, but it's the play calling. So like maybe there is something to it. Maybe he is a loser. Maybe he panics in the big situations and tries to outthink himself and outdo himself and um, you know, or maybe he just doesn't think anything and his mind goes numb. I don't, whatever it is, there's clearly a problem. Absolutely. Um, let's go over to the other side of the ball, Justin, to the Philadelphia Eagles. And let me just say right off the bat, be forewarned about Jalen Hurts because I'm a huge Hurts fan. I, I was, you might remember, in the preseason. Um, that Eagles team is completely stacked. Jalen Hurts is still injured. And I thought you could clearly see on Sunday, he did not throw the ball well at all. He looked like he was hurt still. And the 49ers, because of their own struggles, were really not in a position to make them pay for it. And don't forget, the Eagles got a huge break, actually, on the first drive. And they got a second huge break right before the half where Josh Johnson handed them a ball in a short field. Yeah. The Eagles offense was not good. Jalen Hurts is a terrific player, but he was not good on Sunday and he did not throw the ball well. His injury, we're all talking about Patrick Mahomes' ankle. His injury, to me, looks way more impactful and looked way more impactful to his performance. And I think his more likely to affect the Super Bowl on Sunday, next Sunday. Yeah, it, it, it's tough because, I mean, you look, you got two of the best young quarterbacks in the game, but neither at 100%, right? Mahomes will definitely not be at 100%. Like you said, Jalen Hurts clearly not at 100%. Um, it's going to be a very uh, interesting Super Bowl to watch. It's going to be interesting to see how both coaches and both teams navigate around their their injured quarterbacks. Um, I don't honestly, it, in, in a situation like that, I have to defer to the defense and I, I like the Philly defense over the chiefs defense. Did you think that hurts played well against the Niners though? No, no, I didn't. I think, um, I think the Eagles could have been in trouble if the 49ers had a legitimate quarterback and had to make that competitive. I mean, uh, don't get me wrong. He didn't look bad, but he didn't look like MVP candidate. Jalen Hurts. He didn't look like the Jalen Hurts that we saw back in November. No, 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 not not anything close. And you could tell on his deep balls. Um, you know, yeah, he. I think he just seemed to. You know, and maybe he's still just getting a little comfortable. You know, he did take a couple weeks off. It was um, uh, the NFC Championship game, so you know his his first his first championship game. I don't know. You know, but but he's got another two weeks to prepare for the Super Bowl. Um, you know, we'll see if he can get healthy. This, this is what I find concerning. I mean, you just hit a nail on the hat. This guy, this injury has been going on for like six weeks now for him. <clears throat> and um, he did take a few weeks off. And for him to have like six weeks to heal, 
for him to have not really played, you know, very much for a couple of weeks, to have opportunity to rest for a few weeks between the bye week and, and what the Eagles did at the end of the year, and to still come out and throw the ball like that on Sunday, that makes me really wonder if the the slope of the curve of his healing, if you will, is a little slower or less steep than we want it to be. And and, and maybe he isn't going to really be ready or near 100% on Super Bowl Sunday. Yeah, I look, I, I agree with you completely. I think the only saving grace in that situation is that with a high ankle sprain, you know for certain that Patrick Mahomes also won't be ready uh, or at least 100%. Um, for Sunday. So, you know, you got two kind of hobbled quarterbacks um, that are both going to be healthy enough to play, but obviously not operating at full capacity. Um, and it's just going to be, I guess, a matter of who can, who can dig down deeper and make an extra play or two. But I, but look, I, you know, I do have to say if you're Mahomes and the chiefs, I think it's honestly, I think you're getting lucky. I really do. I really do. I think, I think this is an opportunity you got to take advantage of. Yeah, undoubtedly. Justin, one last quick thing about this Niners-Eagles game, and then we're going to move on to the other game. Yep. Who's the starting quarterback for the 49ers next year? You know, one thing to to kind of feed into that question that I don't think any of us talked about, um, and I guess, you know, I don't know, I'm curious what your opinion is. After finding out it was a torn UCL, I think – my impression changed. I know myself and some friends that were watching the game, you know, the entire time, especially when we were watching Brock throw uh, warm-up passes on the sideline after his injury, we were saying, okay, well, he's coming back in. Or, and then we started saying, well, why isn't he coming back in? We're watching him throw warm-up passes. Why can't he get in and throw passes in the field? Um, and we started questioning his toughness. And is this like the type of move that makes him fall out of the graces of the fan base, the, uh, his teammates, the organization? Now, obviously, it wound up being a torn UCL, which makes it a little bit more serious. But do you not maybe look at him a teeny bit different than you did before the injury? And right, rightly or wrongly so, I'm curious whether like that affects how you look at him as all as a starting quarterback, like his toughness, his viability, his prospect for the future. Um, and if so, like you know, do you think that if it had a negative impact, is it enough to? Um, maybe open up the door for somebody else. I do think it will be Brock Purdy. I, that's, I, I don't know. I, 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 I'm going to say Brock Purdy. If not, um, I think it'd be Jimmy G. I don't see them bringing in somebody else from the outside unless it was Tom Brady. It's a super tough spot for the Niners, if you really think about it, because if you roll into next year with Brock Purdy and Trey Lance, I think that that has disaster potential written all over it. Lance is unproven. I don't believe he's a good NFL quarterback. He may end up being one, but I think at this point it's a 50, 50 flip of the coin at very best. And probably less than that, that he's going to work out. And Purdy was Mr. Irrelevant. He caught lightning in a bottle. He might or might not be the guy I think there is a lot of good reason to question if he is, even though he performed absolutely stellar. You know, if Purdy came in and he was mediocre, this would be a lot easier for the 49ers. Right. He, and he played, put up MVP caliber numbers. 
out of absolutely nowhere. So you have to really question and, you know, you know, you have, you have, he's still a seventh round pick, you know? So how do you, what do you go with? Do you go with the eight games you saw? Do you go with the seventh round pick? And Oh, by the way, as you just alluded to some players simply cannot stay on the field because they're just injury prone and he could end up being a terrific quarterback, but physically being capable of making it through a season. We've seen players and quarterbacks like that before. And, and, and look at Jimmy G as the perfect example, who is a, a very good quarterback. I wouldn't say a great one, but a very good one. But you really can't rely on him because he gets hurt every year. Well, Purdy might be that kind of guy. And now you go into next year, counting on Purdy, he gets hurt in week four. He, he, he does something else. You're stuck with Trey Lance. And if he can't play, your Super Bowl caliber roster is down to your third string quarterback. I think the Niners are in a tough spot for that. What I would do if I were them, I mean, I do think they, they have to kind of roll with Purdy and hope for the best because what other options do they have? They don't have another choice. You know, Jimmy G's going to go. Lance, is, Lance isn't, isn't probably not the guy. Purdy showed you something this last eight weeks. If that turns out to be a flash in the pan, that, that takes your Super Bowl caliber team and flushes them right in the toilet. Yeah, I mean, definitely. It almost, you know, it it really does feel like um, this was kind of like the the shot for the 49ers, doesn't it? And I know, like, this is a team that, like, you know, we were like we weren't we weren't really talking about this year as like it being their year or like a team of destiny or like you know this is and that. But when the more and more I think about it, the more and more I feel like like. They really did blow it. Like this was their year to to win a Super Bowl, um, and I don't see how going into next year um, that you know they're they're a better off team. I I don't know. Maybe 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 it's just me, but I feel like um, I feel like this loss could potentially ruffle some feathers. Um, you know, they're definitely in a risky situation. Looking at a full year of Brock Purdy, is he actually the guy? Um, can Trey Lance be healthy? Like you said, right. Is Jimmy G going to come back and play? So it just feels like their window is going to start to rapidly close, especially when you consider um, the talent that they have um, in the exploration that is rapidly approaching. Yeah. And I mean, if it's pretty unusual for a team to make it that far in the playoffs, have that good of a year and then go into the next year with that kind of uncertainty. I mean, just, don't really see that that often usually teams that make it this far do so because they have stability at the quarterback position it's a little unusual um let's take it over to the afc justin and i want to talk about the uh the kansas city chiefs and the Bengals game there's there's a few things we can bring up in the game itself but before we even get there just asking are you threatened as a patriots fan are you threatened by the chiefs possibility of them becoming a dynasty if they win two super bowls in five years they've made five straight conference championship game which is very patriot-like mahomes is clearly i think the successor to 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 the quarterback um quarterback um you know a throne if you will and now that brady's gone especially are you threatened by the chiefs as a dynasty i mean a lot of patriots fans i hear rooting against the Chiefs because they don't want 
talk of the Kansas City Chiefs dynasty. Where do you come down on that? I mean, I look, I don't know how you uh how you can deny it. I it seems very clear to me that um this team is the closest thing we've seen to a dynasty, right? Um and I don't know how you can deny that if they win a Super Bowl here. You have to uh, you have to entertain the conversation. I mean, like you said, um, five straight years in the AFC Championship, right? Two Super Bowls in five years, um, constant divi- division, uh, you know, division titles, uh, making the playoffs every year. I mean, this is you know, this is a team that is really doing everything that that uh, you would you would expect a dynasty team to be doing, and when you have somebody like Mahomes, you know they're they're built for the long haul. Um, yeah, I think you have to. You would have to start entertaining the dynasty conversation. I really do. You do, and I and I think that, frankly, you know, in the past, I've rooted against teams like the Steelers and like the Colts that I saw were in competition for the Patriots as being, you know, the the premier team in the conference, the premier team in the league. I just feel like I'm kind of over it now. Like I, I don't. I'm actually rooting for the Chiefs in this game. I don't have the hatred for Reed and Mahomes that I had for like Manning or Roethlisberger or, you know, other, other regimes that have come in and challenged for conference supremacy. I feel like the chiefs have shown that they are the next big thing. I feel like they've earned it. Um, I, 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 I think they deserve a second Super Bowl because they've been competitive every year. They've been to five conference championship games Look, Mahomes is is the next success is a successor to Brady. It doesn't mean he's going to be Brady. He's not, but he is the best quarterback in the league, and the best quarterback in the league is is going to have an advantage. Is going to be playing into the conference championship every year, no matter what. And and we should just accept it. I, I, and I I actually like Mahomes. I'm rooting for Mahomes. I'm rooting for Reed. It's their time. I feel like it's their time, and and I just can't bring myself to root against them. I think what the Patriots did for twenty years was amazing, but it's over now. And, and, and if if the Chiefs can step up and have their little run here, more power to them. If they can find a way to make their run last twenty years and win six Super Bowls, then we'll talk. You know what I mean? They're not going to match what the Patriots did, but they can be the next dynasty. Um, for sure. And that's what they're on track to be. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, definitely like, look, I do think, um, I, I do think like personally that, you know, there are some teams that could make it interesting. Um, but look, like they're all starting from square one, right? Because you can't even start to talk dynasty, uh, until you start winning Super Bowls, Right. So from that standpoint, you can't start talking about Joe Burrow and the Bengals. You can't start talking about, Josh Allen and the Bills. Uh, you can't start talking about any of these other teams. The only team that you really can start to have the conversation with or entertain the conversation is Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs, and especially if they're able to go out and beat Philly. Um, I think you'd have to almost even say that they're there, at least. And if they're not, they're knocking on the doorstep. They're very close. Well, well, they are there, and and, and certainly if they win this week. You're right. You're, you're going to have to acknowledge it there. there. There doesn't have to be a dynasty at every time in the NFL. There, there might be times where there is no dynasty. 
Um, and, 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 and that's okay too. But for a team makes five straight conference championship games and wins two Super Bowls in five years, I feel like in the grand scheme of the NFL, that's kind of dynasty worthy. You're certainly pushing into that, into that territory. I mean, you just gotta, you just gotta hand it to them. You just gotta hand it to them for You gotta hand it to Holmes. You gotta hand it to Reed. You gotta hand it to them for, for what they've done. Um, what were your thoughts on the actual game, Justin, on Sunday? Um, Bengals, I mean, let's talk about the penalty at the end of the game. What did, what did you think about that? I mean, I, I kind of felt like that is something that is going to get called 100% of the time. I don't blame the referee for calling it, but I cringe when I saw it because I, I knew they were going to throw a flag, and I'm like, oh, you know, this is just great. We're, we're going to have the AFC Championship game decided on a on a terrible foolish mistake by the Bengals defense a player that played a terrific game I might point out right it was just horrible to see but it was the right call and it's gonna that call is gonna call a hundred percent of the time yeah look there are definitely or definitely were some very questionable calls in decisions made by the referees uh in that game and we can talk about some of them but that was not one of them that was the most blatantly obvious, have to call it, no way you can even disagree with it, uh, calls of the game. I mean, the, he, he forced the ref's hands. You know what I mean? He didn't, he didn't even give him an option. Like, it wasn't even close. Mahomes was like four feet out of bounds at this point. It was so late. It was so egregious. You have to call it. Um, so from that standpoint, I, I, I like the call because – you had to do it. And I think if you didn't make the call, I mean, yes, would the game have gone to overtime and you would have seen maybe a classic finish? Sure. But it would have been so egregious the other way that um, you would have had people saying, well, you know, now whatever happens, it's it's tainted. So I, I like the call. I do think there were some other questionable calls. Um, but, yeah, that was a big one. And like you said, the guy did play a hell of a game. He clearly felt bad, you know, crying after the game and whatnot. He's oh, been a I great felt player. Awesome for the guy. You feel awful for him. I, I felt awful. That was heartbreaking. I did. Yeah. No. I. I. I definitely did. Um. That's. That's the type of. That's the type of play. You know. I don't know. It. It. It can really take the wind out of a locker room. Um. Heading into the the next season potentially, but you know, hopefully, it seemed like the head coach had the right mentality. It seemed like some of his teammates had the right mentality. Um. And you know, hopefully, hopefully, guy just uses it as motivation to come back for next year. Yeah. I mean, I think you said it perfectly. I really do. Like, like if you, you know, the ref may have wanted to keep the flag in the pocket and who wants to see a conference title game decided on a, a penalty. But when it's that egregious, you, you just, there's some things you can't ignore. That was egregious and it needed to be called. Uh, I mean, Mahomes was way out of bounds. Um, Justin, if Mahomes wins the Super Bowl in two weeks and never plays another down, where will he rank? in terms of NFL quarterback hierarchy. Is he already a top 10 quarterback of all time if he does nothing else? Is, is, where is he going to come down at this point in his career? I mean, would he be a top 10 quarterback if he wins a Super Bowl and never plays another game? I think you could make an argument. I mean, I do. I You know, he may not have... Uh, you know, if you cut it short, he may not have a career's worth of of stats that 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 put him, you know, as uh, 
as a leader across the board in all these categories, but he already holds a bunch of records. Um, he already has more Super Bowls than some great quarterbacks that, that we hold in high regards. Um, and I think he's proven to be one of the most dominant, clutch, tough-to-figure-out players um, of the last few years. Uh, I, I think he's just been absolutely dominant. And, uh, you know, to me, that's, that's how I judge a quarterback, right, is, is how dominant is he and how key is he to his team winning. And then can he win big games and win championships? He is completely dominant. He is completely clutch. He is so key to this team's being successful. And he wins big games, and he has already won a championship. If he wins another one, it'll be multiple. I think you have to. He, I, I think you have to argue that he can crack the top ten. I mean, he's certainly a Hall of Famer. I think, and I would even probably—you might disagree with this. I would go so far to say that even if he loses the game, you know, if he never played another down, if he just said, "I'm retiring um, the Monday after the Super Bowl and shock the world," I, I think he, he'd probably still be a Hall of Famer even just based on the five or six years he played because he's just been so dominant um, and, and, and so um, competitive relative to his peers and productive relative to his peers. I feel like he's a hall of fame quarterback based on the last six years. Anyways, you know, um, is he a top 10 quarterback of all time? That sounds a little aggressive right now. I'd probably put him more in that 10 to 20 range, but don't forget if he wins a Super Bowl. He'll have more Super Bowls than Aaron Rodgers. He'll have more Super Bowls than Drew Brees. Yep. Right? He'll have the same amount of Super Bowls as Peyton Manning. And oh, by the way, Peyton Manning completely backed into his second one with the Denver Broncos, where he really was more of a liability meaning yeah. in that year than an actual asset on a team that was just a dominant defense. Um, you know, I think that you, you you'd have to certainly have him in the conversation up there reality is justin pat mahomes is still a really young guy and he's gonna play for a long time um one other thought i had about this game and you might think this is crazy but while we're talking about mahomes i mean i just think the significance of his performance on sunday and what he did with four wide receivers hurt and a bad ankle i don't feel like you can you can understate how impressive that was. Yeah. But the thought crossed my mind that maybe, um, maybe Patrick Mahomes is a better player if he has a little bit less mobility. And I know that sounds crazy, but I'm thinking back to the conference title game last year against Cincinnati when Mahomes did a lot of running around, he looked completely off his game. Um, he made some very bad choices. And I think you look at the last couple of years, when Pat Mahomes is at his worst, it's when he's trying to do so too much. I almost wonder, and maybe this is stupid, maybe this is crazy, if Mahomes having 80% mobility in that left ankle, ankle kept him in the pocket, you know, reading defenses, making safe throws, and doing smart things, and picking his spots to take chances, and if that doesn't maybe make him a better quarterback, crazy thought, but just throwing it out there. I mean, I get the sentiment of what you're getting at. I would personally have to disagree because I think that one of the things that makes Mahomes so fun to watch and so dominant is the fact that 
in my opinion, it looks like he's the toughest quarterback to to sack or bring down behind the line in the NFL. He is so damn elusive. Um, he is always extending plays, um, whether that's throwing the ball sidearm around a defender, uh, getting rid of it for a 15-yard completion, you know, as he's on his way to the ground, uh, scrambling and turning, you know, nothing into a 15-yard first down pickup. Um, I mean, how many plays in drives have we seen this guy extend um, with uh, w- with moves and plays that the majority of quarterbacks um, cannot pull off in this league? They either don't have the skill or the athleticism or even the guts to attempt it. In trouble, though. Like, look at that Kansas City game and the, the AFC Championship game last year against Cincinnati. I mean, sometimes that, that that's a double-edged sword. I feel like he has... Right now, enough mobility to get himself out of harm's way, but not enough mobility to start doing crazy stuff. I mean, sometimes that crazy stuff leads to highlight real plays, but a lot of times I feel like it's leading him to turnovers and mistakes, and I think that's where you see Mahomes at his worst, too. I I don't disagree that he can get himself into trouble, but I think it benefits him and the team more than it hurts them. Gen, uh, generally. Yeah, it's it's just an just an interesting thought that I had, and you, you're you know you're probably right in, in the long in the, in the grand scheme of things, but you know I mean I don't know. Uh, the one thing I will say is that the way he played this week on like you know eighty percent mobility, it actually bodes very well for for the later part of his career and how his game ages because you know I don't think. He's going. One of the things about Brady is, and I think we all said this for years. I, I've probably been saying this since 2005. The guy's game is going to age well because it's mental. His game is mental. His strength is mental. Patrick Mahomes showed that that his game is going to age well, and that and that his his tenure, his his time where he can be a top level quarterback is not going to be limited to his mobility. Um, and when he starts to lose his mobility, as we've seen in other quarterbacks, he'll still be able to be a top level quarterback. I I, I agree. I, I I agree completely. I think he's he's gonna he's gonna age well, and he's gonna be a problem uh, for many years to come. And I'm excited to to watch him and and, and compete with him. Um, real quick, I want to bring this up not to not to go back down the Jimmy G 49er rabbit hole, but I I'm seeing this right now. It just popped up on my phone from a few hours ago today. I don't know if you saw it. Did you see uh, Kyle Shanahan's response or, or, or take on Jimmy G? I did not. Tell me. So uh, when asked on Jimmy, if uh, Kyle Shanahan on Jimmy Garoppolo being back next season, direct quote was, no, I don't see any scenario of that. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, she has a thing for G. I mean, he does not, for whatever reason, does not like for a quarterback that won 72% of the games that started for him. Shanahan clearly does not like Garoppolo as a player. But do, is that quote, is there any ounce of that quote that can be directly traced back to the fact that maybe he's a little bitter because he thinks that Jimmy could have suited up and played or at least been available to play? Yeah, but you're yes, it, it absolutely is. But uh, I would throw back at you that how many times over the last five years since the Niners traded for him 
has has Jimmy G missed a game where Kyle Shanahan felt like he could play? I, I'm guaranteeing you this is probably not the first time this has happened. Right. So, you know, it's probably a trend. I mean, for whatever reason, something about Garoppolo has has gotten him on Kyle Shanahan's bad side to the point where Shanahan couldn't wait to push this guy out of town, drafted Trey Lance, gave Trey Lance the job this year, even though he probably didn't deserve it, was going to roll into the season without Jimmy G. Jimmy G saved the Niners season when, when by Trey Lance getting hurt. Jimmy G would have never been on the roster if, if, Kyle, if, if Kyle Shanahan had his way and had his choice. So I, I, I don't know what it is, but there is definitely something there. And it probably has to do with the fact that maybe Jimmy G is not a tough player. Um, and that's what we've heard about him um, from New England, now from San Francisco. Maybe he's just not someone that's willing to go out there and play injured. Yeah, yeah, and it's looking more and more like that. All yeah. right, Justin. Well, let's uh, let's uh, let's finish up. Talk briefly about the game uh, because we might not record next week because you're going to be away. So tell me, Justin, what do you think? Thoughts on the Super Bowl? Do you have a strong opinion about the game? Um, who, who's going to take it home? So everything, all signs tell me that the Philadelphia Eagles are a better team, top to bottom. Um, they have uh, they have a much better defense. Um, in that you know they've been the best team in football all year, and and that they should win this Super Bowl. Um, but my gut, like my gut, tells me that Mahomes and the Chiefs are just they're gonna find a way to squeak it out. And at the end of the day, maybe that's you know just by a hair, and you can attribute it to the fact that. Uh, you know, Hertz isn't a hundred percent, whatever it is. Something just tells me that the chiefs will find a way to squeak this out. But everything that I see, tell, uh, you know, tells me that the, the Eagles are a better team. It should win the game, but I don't know. I, I think, I, I think I might have to take the chiefs. Yeah. I mean, I, I think the Eagles probably have a better roster from top to bottom, but Mahomes is the best player in the game. And I think that, Jalen Hurts is still probably going to be limited, though he might recover over the next week and a half. I don't think you're going to see 100% Jalen Hurts. I don't think we saw 100% or anyone near that last weekend. I just have a feeling the Chiefs will 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 take this game. Um, you know, Mahomes is the best player on the field. He's the best player in the league, and you know the Chiefs have more talent than than I think we realize. Um, to be honest, overall, so I, I like the Chiefs in in the game. I, I actually have a feeling it'll be a Chiefs comfortable win, and um, you know we will see um, what we get from Jalen Hurts because I really think that's key. If Jalen Hurts was one hundred percent healthy, I'd feel like you're talking a fifty fifty game. But from what I saw from him last week, I just I just feel like the Chiefs are going to are are the are, are going to win the game. Yeah, and it, it, one other thing too that I, I saw today, and you know, I, I guess I didn't really think about it, but I, you got to agree with it. Um, I heard somebody saying that, like statistically and like via the eye test, the Eagles had the easiest road to the Super Bowl this year out of any team in like the modern Super Bowl era. You get the first. Yeah, I earlier, actually, we were talking about the game, but that is so true. I mean, think of just first of all, the regular season road 
was the easiest it's ever been. And then look at the path they had in the playoffs. I mean, that is the easiest path to, to the Super Bowl I can ever remember. Right. Ever. You go from first round by to hosting Daniel Jones and the Giants to then hosting a team that ran out of a quarterback by what, like the second quarter? So it's like, yes. you know, I mean, oh, my. I broke right for that team. So, like, when people quote some of these Eagle statistics, and I'm like, well, they had the easiest schedule or one of them in the league. I think statistically there's some analysis that, like, their, their value adjustment, when they correct your statistical production for your opponent, says that they had, like, the easiest path in the league to, to, the, to the playoffs in a long time. And I don't think you should overlook that because the Chiefs are a really good team, and they're not a softball. And, and I feel like when you take into the context that the opponents that the Eagles have had going back really through the whole regular season, um, I feel like, I feel like, you know, the chiefs might be the better team, a better opponent for them than we, than we realize, you know? Yeah, no, I mean, a hundred percent. I, I hope it's a good game. I'd really like to see a good game. Um, and if I'm being completely honest, you know, as much as, you know, from a, we're supposed to hate the Eagles, um, if you ask me who I would rather see win, I would say Philly, just because I would rather see Jalen Hurts get his first Super Bowl than Andy Reid and uh, Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs get another Super Bowl. Because, I mean, you know, as a Patriots fan, if you're asking me what the biggest threat to Brady and Belichick and the Patriots dynasty long term we just talked about it. It's the Chiefs. So, you know, if you're asking me who I'd like to see win, I'll take the Eagles. Yeah, see, I, I'm over being threatened by, by, by the Chiefs or any other team at this point. Like, I, I just moved beyond that. And I really, I just can't stomach the Eagles winning another Super Bowl. Uh, for whatever reason, that idea is detestable to me. Maybe it's the fans, uh, the city, I don't know. But, but I'll take the Chiefs, <laughs> and, I'll, and I'll just live with the fact that they're going to move a little closer to, to measuring up to the Patriots because, you know what, they still got four more Super Bowls to go, and I feel like there's no way that's going to happen. All right, man. Well, listen, that's all the time we have. We want to thank everyone that listened to this episode of the Dr. Football Podcast. We will probably not be recording again until after the Super Bowl, so you're going to have to have this episode tied you over. For the next 10 days until after the big game. Justin, my man, have an awesome time in Costa Rica. Enjoy the warm weather. Have some fun. And um, you'll be back in time for the big game. Yeah, come back Friday night. So plenty of time. Beautiful. All right, man. Well, listen, any final thoughts? Uh, no, it's just, uh, you know, it's been a, an eventful season of football. Um, I, think it's, I think we've had a lot of fun, a lot of ups and downs this season. But, uh, yeah, heading to the big game. Hope it's a good one, and uh, I hope we can kind of all go out with a bang. So yeah, and then that's the thing. Like for me, at the end of the day, to be honest with you, I don't really feel strongly about either of these two teams. The most important thing is I just want to see a good competitive game. The antithesis of of that was the Eagles Niners game. You know what I mean? What a total stink fest! That is the last thing we need for the Super Bowl. Give me a good game, and I can live with either one of these two teams winning. Yeah, 100%. Let's uh, let's hope it happens. All right, man. Have a great trip. Catch you soon. Thank you, everyone. See you.